What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 776 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. A thousand more till 1776. A true show of freedom. I'm joined today by Bitcoin Ben Askren, JD Raider, John Kozak. Ben's just here for 15 minutes. He's half high on the blockchain. He's got the ocean in the background. What a flex. Um, ben, what is happening? You're, you're continuing to stir the pot on Twitter, as you are wont to do. Uh, what's going yeah. on, man? Uh, well, yeah, I don't see what people are so offended about me saying, hey, here's what I heard. I'm not claiming these are true. I'm just telling you what I hear. The Shane Griffith thing was funny because I heard it from one person from Wisconsin on the day before. What's this? What's this? Today's Thursday. Tuesday. Then I was talking to someone else. These are, these are pretty good sources from California. Same same answer, same amount, same everything, same, right? So I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. that's interesting. Either the same person spreading the rumors, or maybe there's something to this. Um, and obviously with the Real Woods one, uh, we don't know that NLWC made the offer, but we do know that he left Stanford a day after we posted that. So um, I, I think probably where there's smoke, there's fire in these things. And I find it to be interesting. And I'm not someone who's like, I'm not too crude. I'm not like, oh my God, kids are getting paid. Whatever. I think it's great. Let's pay these kids. Pay, pay these children. Um, so, But you know where it's illegal here. We talked about this. What's illegal, if it's happening, we don't know if it's happening. It may be, it may not be. You cannot tie an NLI or an <laughs> offer to the attendance of a specific university. So I talked to someone about that yesterday, and... That may not be the case. Like Texas A&M apparently has like the number one football what? recruiting class, and it's like tied to if they leave the university, they their agreement goes away, and it's like a known thing. Well, I thought I, re- I mean, I, I so I, I, I know we were going to talk about this quick today, so I went and started googling some old articles, and that's uh, that was one of the notions that I came away with. Yeah. Um, well, I mean that that to me seems like what it should be. Right, um, nil shouldn't be tied to that, but it sounds like, um, yeah, well, it certainly is in these instances, right? All these offers right now that we're hearing about are related to attending a school. Um, and didn't Chinzo confirm Kozak yesterday that Griffith is being recruited right now? Yeah, yeah, he was he was talking about it yesterday on um, on Bash's podcast and. Basically, they brought up your tweet, Ben, and he was like, "Yeah, guys from our team, we know they're getting they're getting big offers." So, which is and, crazy because he's not in the portal. Yeah, and that's so. Uh, you you've used the word proxy a few times on on Twitter, Christian, and I think maybe we should define this because maybe there's some listeners who don't understand what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, intermediaries. Meaning, yeah, a major college coach is not going to go text an athlete hey here's an offer because then the athlete gets a screenshot that then they're fired or whatever right um you have people do these things for you and sometimes these people are doing these things um maybe without i don't say without permission but like you're not having a meeting every monday saying hey you go offer this guy you go offer that guy you just know you know they know hey we need a 125 pounder maybe if someone comes available, you go offer them, or maybe even if they're not available, you offer them anyways, right? Those type of things. Yeah, yeah. So it would be obviously shockwaves if, if Griffith were to leave, and 
one thing about the real woods he was on the bader show uh i think we have the clip uh talking about the nil nil deal or lack thereof go ahead truly the best place for me to continue to do my undergrad yeah fantastic um okay i'm sure you're not uh gonna be surprised that there's been some rumors or a lot of rumors circling your name going to iowa maybe going anywhere else nil deals it, are there have you done struck any nil deals um in college or recently um i mean i've had a you know several here and there here at stanford but none at iowa yeah i know there's a lot of opportunity there um you know i talked to few of the wrestlers about different opportunities that they have but i know i was a massive fan base i'm gonna have a lot of a lot of opportunities there um yeah there, there hasn't been like i hadn't i hasn't i haven't made it an aisle deal yet yeah i'm looking forward to it but you know it's not like a it, it, all this like social media like I don't know. It's it's crazy, but it's cool. <laughs> think, about, think about it. It's like cool. These numbers are going around, but like, let me get that in my pocket. <laughs> Where is it at? <laughs> you know. So I'm gonna go find it, though. You know, I'm gonna figure it out. When, when... Okay, Ben, your reactions. He says he doesn't have a deal. At least he's smart enough not to implicate himself. <laughs> I like that part. I like that. Great job. On so that that's one. what you. That's what you think's going on. Well, I mean, that's what that definitely happened. He didn't. He didn't implicate himself at all. Um, I don't know. I. I so the real Woods thing. Um, I have now had confirmed by, like a lot of people who I I, I trust um, their opinion on it. Um, I, I don't know what the exact number is. I don't know what the exact terms of the agreement are. I don't know if it's, hey, as soon as you sign the papers, you get the money, or it's, are you going to get it on a monthly stipend? Are you going to get it at the end of the deal? I don't know what those terms are, but I, I've talked to enough people where it seems really likely that there was something there. Mm. So so you think there's something coming for him one way or the other? It's semantics. It he said like. he doesn't have an NIL deal. Right. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's not in a lie. Maybe it's just money under the table. I don't know. Yeah, and also the word, you know, yet is key yeah. there because he's still at Stanford right now. He, I think he's finishing school, and then he'll eventually make his way over to Iowa. Um, yeah. That's yeah. good. A good pickup, J.D. <laughs> maybe yeah. he didn't lie, up. you know. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yet. You got to appreciate his morals. He didn't want to lie, so he threw that in there. It's like my daughters. They – they cross their fingers under the table when they make deals with each other. Oh, and wow. They, they, they and they're like, I have my fingers crossed. Said, that, come on, dude. That ain't in the spirit of the agreement. you got to freaking honor your word. Yeah, that ain't. that's uh, the ultimate betrayal <laughs> for siblings. Hey, did you hear Coach John Mark Bentley yesterday talking about these, uh, these coaches recruiting uh, M- Milner? I did not, but you told me about it, and that, that's pretty audacious, huh? That's quite audacious. So, hey, let me ask you this, because I, I, I know a lot of times so I, want, I want to get down to what I kind of want to get down to. Yeah. I mean, I've wanted pro wrestling to happen forever. And what I was thinking is, like, do I really give a damn if it's pro wrestling within the college, college programs or college system? I don't know that I really care. I don't know. I'm kind of okay with it. I, guys get paid what they people think they're worth, and then we go from there. 
free market man like myself. Big capitalist, uh, JD. So what do you think? Well, I um, I don't know. I wouldn't describe this as professional. Or well, well, getting paid to do a <clears throat> sport. What else would you call that? Well, I think there's other professional can mean a couple different things, like uh, just like organized in a professional way or handled in a professional way, not handled through third parties. If it's so professional, why does it have to be done through third parties that are not related to the institutions? If it's that's so professional, fair. why is it? Open this thing up. Let's, do, yeah. let's let them have it. That's what I say. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, fine. But like transparency would be, transparency. I think, great. Um, that's what, good. this doesn't have that because it's uh, inherently unprofessional right now. To the point that Real Woods has to describe, I mean, if Real Woods does have something yeah. lined up, <laughs> you know, he's got to be sort of cagey about it, right? Yeah. So I'd say it's not professional. Ben, what do you think about uh, the, the the athletes that are in college getting money, uh, possible funding going to college athletes taking away from, you know, down the line potential RTC athletes? Well, that's what I was, I was talking to someone about this exact discussion. So we were saying, I'll just use Brian Smith um, because I know Missouri really well. So, right. Missouri is trying to endow the program. So they, they, you know, ever since I've been there, they've been fundraising for that. So there would be no way or should no way the Missouri program could drop. They're also now fundraising for an RTC, the Missouri wrestling foundation. Um, and then, on, and then obviously any, like they did a huge locker room upgrade. They, they fundraise as part of that. Right. Um, and now if they have to fundraise to uh, get college athletes in their program, um, man, that's like, I feel like there's only going to be so much money coming from the Missouri wrestling fan base, no matter how many things he's got to fundraise for. And so the more ways you divide the pie up, the less there is. So the, the person I was talking to was making the argument that long-term it could really hurt the RTC system because in their opinion, and I think their opinion is probably true. I, I haven't thought as much about it as they did, but the RTC athletes aren't as valuable as they think they are. They're only valuable as a tool to get college kids to come there. So their NCAA team can score points. Right. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this. There's not a lot of RTCs who actually run as an RTC, right? We talk about Penn's kind of got a whole team, mm -hmm. Michigan, uh, Penn state, but a lot of the RTC members are just college training partners. So now if I have say $70,000 and I say, Hey, am I going to get two RTC athletes for, 36,000 each, or can I spend this on getting some better recruits? If I'm a college coach, probably gonna spend it on getting some better recruits. Yeah. And so, if you're the donor, you probably want the school to perform, not necessarily yes. to RTC guys. Yeah. The R I mean, in most cases, the RTC is to help the college. We've, we've all known that. I mean, let's not act like that's not just a fact. Right. Uh, and, and I, I'd say that's absolutely going to be what happens because there's just really limited resources around this sport, right? And there's only so right. many, so much of our sport is just propped up by rich dudes who like wrestling, right? That's like a huge yeah. part of it. And rich dudes don't like losing a lot of money. So there's, there's only a certain number of those people in wrestling and they're not going to just, they're not going to double fund, right? They're going to just take the, the money that was at RTC, give it to the college program in all likelihood. Um, so it's it is uh, it's definitely two edged, and mm. I think not. It's not to me something that's professionalized is actually um, a self sustaining sort of entity, right? 
a, a league, yeah. a business, an actual thing, not sure, just like fair. not just like transactions well, because you know it's true. Yeah, too. I'm not. I, I, I totally get what you're saying, and I think on the long term that would be true, but there's obviously many professional leagues uh, in the other sports. they got to start out with funding, right? And they, I mean, let's say Professional Fighters League in, in MMA. That's professional fighting. They yeah. are losing a boatload of money every single year trying to make that thing go. One championship disclosed their financials. They're losing money. Um, so, you know, obviously with any – I don't want to say all I would, I haven't researched them all with a lot of these professional leagues. You have to put some juice in to make them go. Sure. But this is, um, I know what you're saying. It's not, it's not organized from the top. The it's input like the of the money is not designed to actually does. It doesn't actually end yeah. with anything that generates money. It just makes them feel good because their team does better. There's no yeah, I mean, financial impact of that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, well, obviously, in a, in a few instances, like Iowa selling out uh, Carver Hawkeye, and they should really raise their rates because last year they charged eighty five bucks for a season ticket, and then the lowest price for a Penn State Iowa ticket was like one fifty. So they probably should raise those rates. Um, like they could actually make money, but yes, there's not a lot of programs who can generate revenue at yeah, all. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I do. Uh, all this happening around the sport does make me a little nervous. Just about. Well, why? It's so much fun. It is fun, and I root for I root for <laughs> stories for sure. And this this is definitely that. But I get I just get nervous about how just un uh, unregulated, just at, how out of control this sort of feels. And now we've got how much I worry the coaches are going to be extending themselves and making their programs vulnerable, and. Yeah. Uh, that can have real negative impacts on 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 wrestling. Like, what are these coaches willing to do to to keep their guys? What are these coaches willing to do to get these guys? And what happens when they're going to the nth degree to get or keep, and then the NCA starts taking a little more of uh, taking a closer look at all these programs, and then it's the sport, and then it's like, wait, what is wrong? And then it can get dicey quick. I worry. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, okay. And I, someone posted a chart. I think it was Internet Bagman posted a chart uh, on Twitter about NCA. I think I said this to you, Christian, about NCA violations over the last three years. Bro, did you see what percentage of NCA basketball programs had violations? Oh, no. A lot, I'm did sure. Did I send this to you? I thought it was 37%. I Kansas. was like, holy Kansas is under investigation right now, and they just won. But it was for a level one, which is like contacting like, somebody else out of the period. It's not a big deal there. Christian, it was 37%. It was only – it was in, what, 2020, 2021. 37% of the Division One basketball programs had a violation. Holy crap. Mm. Worst wrestling. Wrestling was zero. They weren't on the chart. It was zero, zero, zero. So it had listed every sport that had a violation – and you know, like so, obviously basketball was one. I think football was two, and then you know, and then the lower sports were like you know zero percent one year, two percent, two percent, or something like that, right? Really low numbers. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, you know, in in San Francisco, if you know if you shoplift, it wasn't like a crime. It doesn't mean there was no shoplifting anymore, right? It's like I so have thirty-seven percent of them got caught. How many were actually violated? Exactly. I mean, certainly. Yeah, I just think, and I asked Coach Bentley about this on the on the show. Like, so crazy. Um, why? 
what why don't you guys why are these guys not turned in why if this is happening this is not legal and it was just like well basically it's it's not the coaches it's people affiliated so there's nothing really you can do but i feel like I even heard, that's not legal either i told you a rumor yesterday you uh, love rumors well, it was a proxy a proxy you don't need with the proxy you don't need um uh permission right you can just go do it or you know you get this idea of like hey this is what i want you to do go do mm-hmm. it at some point i'm not giving you specific permission to do this uh right now you know um no i told you a college coach a college coach told me that one program has turned in another program for recruiting a specific athlete i won't give away which one because i was trying to verify the rumor and i wasn't able to do that okay don't you remember yeah yeah yeah. I I i remember that part yeah so yeah. w- one thing about it, Ben, is the um, I don't I don't think just like okay I'm Coach X I'm just gonna have this dude reach out to people I don't think that is like an actual true layer of security in the spirit of the rule because I like just like with Reggie Bush I was telling you about this yesterday Ben yeah like he got banged up because of working with an agent or someone hooked him and his family up with apartments and all this stuff, lost his Heisman and they cited USC for lack of institutional control. So it would seem like, Hey, if, if one program, and it sounds like many, if programs have a number of intermediaries running around making offers, doing that, that would be by definition, lack of institutional control. If that is not allowed to be happening. It seems like it would be hard to prove. I mean, I'm gonna go start making donations listen. to Iowa State in uh, in JD's name, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> go for it, go for it, um, Ben. How much longer do we have you? I uh, like two two minutes, maybe. Two more minutes. Do you have yeah. anything else? Uh, I kind of give you the last last little bit here. Uh, no, I I think this whole thing is um, like I said, really fun. I I don't I wouldn't mind. I know I know you you are correct when you say that. It's not like professional in the sense of a you know professional league, but mm-hmm. I would love for there to be a professional avenue for wrestling athletes. I do think you know college coaches should maybe look at the whole ecosystem before they maybe just go balls to the wall on this one because I do think that there could be some negative impacts to RTCs because yeah may, maybe you're able to fundraise a little more and you bump you know say you raise half a million dollars that's going different ways for your program. And that's probably a lot for some. And uh, and now now you you got another avenue to put money. Maybe you raise ten percent more. Maybe twenty percent more. You ain't doubling that number. Right. Right. You know. So it's like there's this limited amount of resources. Um, and so I think college coaches should kind of look long and hard at what's this going to do to the entire ecosystem. Um, and, and maybe start. You know, I don't want to say work together, but you kind of got to a little bit, right? Yeah. The other thing with NIL, Ben, and, and maybe leave with this, is like NIL is supposed to be like the student-athlete's ability to u- utilize their yeah. own name and image in order to drive revenue for a business. Like Spencer Lee yeah. is like the primary wrestling NIL example. This is a guy who's a good wrestler. Rudis attaches their brand to a good wrestler who can teach yeah. technique and sell gear, etc. That is like what it's supposed to be. But it, it seems like a lot of these, the things you're hearing about are not really related. Right. It's just like, please wrestle for my team. Ben, before you, before you sign off though, I do want to get your take on coaches possibly using these proxies to poach wrestlers from other teams that are like not in the portal. They're not interested in leaving, but yeah. using their resources 
you know, they're trying to win an athlete, getting paid, going somewhere. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it's probably happening for sure. I think it's a little bit underhanded. Um, but honestly, these type of things have been happening, maybe not this to this uh, degree for years. Like, hey, Coach Smith, you know, I, listen, I was at Mizzou. I wanted Mizzou to be good. Hey, Coach Smith, this guy who's my friend, um, I've heard he doesn't really like it there. Just FYI, you know, and he, mm-hmm. Coach Smith's not like, he's like, oh, okay, well, just keep me in the loop or whatever, right? You know, s- stuff like that um, obviously happens in all college programs because the wrestling world is very interconnected, whether, you know, you wrestled with someone in high school on a dual team on Team Wisconsin somewhere, you know, like this kind of stuff has been happening for a long time. Now, certain programs have a lot more resources, like, like the, the Milner situation, it freaking sucks. Like that sucks for App State. Um, hopefully they have a good enough relationship and the monetary offer is not high enough that, that he leaves. Right. Because that was, that's a huge piece for their program. Yeah. Hopefully for app state, not for John Milner and whoever wants him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I told him it's, it's hard because I see, I'm seeing a lot of sides of the argument. Um, you're, it's a you're win-win so right. for two of those three sides. You're, you're right. And if a kid can leave college with some money to go start a business or, buy himself a house or whatever, buy some Bitcoin, whatever he wants to do with his money. Um, You're right. That's great for an athlete. You are right. That's great for an athlete. I kind of love it. So, um, but hold on. Wait, I'm sorry. I've told you this, Christian, and this will be the last thing. I I am kind of dubious of a lot of these things. And here's why. I feel like I I talked to to Parker. I don't usually talk to Parker maybe like once a month or so. Like he's really close with Max and, you know, we're buddies, but not super close. But I talked, I spent a lot of time with him last weekend. Um, and I, I do, I talk to Keegan on uh, a lot, right. Probably bi-weekly, something like that. Like a lot, like a couple mm-hmm. times a week, these guys have not gotten any offers from anyone and they have a lot of eligibility left and they are obviously highly desirable. One's taken third, twice, one's taken third and first. I would think that, and I, I know they would not, they would keep something like this for me. They'd be like, Hey Ben, here's what I got. What do you, what's your opinion on it? You know? Yeah they haven't gotten any types of offers. So the fact that they're not getting anything kind of makes me dubious that other people are getting as big of offers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I, th- I think people can understand who's like a little more vulnerable, who can maybe That's... be plucked like, like Stanford and with real and Shane. Milner? Those guys... how, do you, how do you know? Uh, so Milner actually happens. So that'd be, how do we know Milner's vulnerable? So I think they just think, okay, so Missouri and you and I are not, probably viewed as like super small programs that you can just pluck but like i think they they view app state as a vault like that's vulnerable we could we could get in there and yeah i don't know there's maybe a higher likelihood whereas like keegan leaving missouri just seems far-fetched and um hey who's a famous person you're gonna meet today who are you going to to well i'm I'm, I'm on the panel starting at 10 30 i believe it's live on the bitcoin youtube channel uh we also Bitcoin magazine Oh, I'm going to Google for you guys. So it's it's a live stream. They stream the, yeah, it's Bitcoin Magazine. Um, there's actually 6,000 people watching it live right now. Uh, wow. wow, it's a lot. Um, so they stream the the person on stage and then they come to the panel. And I'm the panel with uh, a woman named Natalie Brunel. Who's a, she's good. Uh, Portnoy and uh, Alex McShane, who's a writer for Bitcoin Magazine. So I'll be on the panel with those three at like in like an hour. Okay. Well, I don't subscribe to that magazine, but uh, um, oh, sure it's, it's a YouTube be... channel. It sounds like a magazine, dude. It's a. Ma- <laughs> All right, <laughs> I, I gotta go. See you, buddy. Have a good See one. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Oceanside Ben Askren, signing off.
Um, we got we were able to cram a lot in that small amount of time. Very very efficient use of Ben's time. Him flexing the ocean view. What a guy. Um, thoughts on, on on any of this to to either of you? Uh, it. I was halfway playing devil's advocate there with the. It sounds like you were making offers to Jonathan Miller based <laughs> on based on that. Uh, I, I'm not, as I don't run a college program, but proxy. Uh, it. It's like I said, you know, it, it's beneficial for the athletes um, that get paid. So it's hard to argue. And it like against it, we always talk about using their resources. Like these coaches are paid to win and perform the best that no. they can. See, here's the thing about that: the, there, are, in games, in competitions, there are rules and structures that everyone has to follow by. Otherwise, the game doesn't make sense. So they need to fall within that. I'm cool with it happening within the framework of what this is supposed to be. But I can't. Yeah. They are supposed to get their best teams, but that's not by any means necessary. It's like, no, follow the rules. So what rules would you put in place? Um, well, businesses would well, – wait, what, in regards to what? NIL regulations because right now, like, technically college coaches are not reaching out to these athletes. It's yeah, but they are. Parties. That's part of the point. Part of the point is that they, they are doing that. They are reaching out. So how, are, how would like, you prevent this? Give a, a solution. Well, what do you mean? Like, how how do you prevent it? They, you have to follow the rules. You need you need enforcement. You need actual. You need the NCAA to take it seriously. You need compliance to take it seriously. You need coaches to um, follow the rules. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a I cop. Think, I think you look at it like similar like cop. similarly to any professional sport. When an athlete signs a deal with a team, they're under contract, right? There's certain standards. There's contracts placed around the the terms and what they're getting compensated for and i think that's where it's like there's a lack of that enforceable in college athletics right now because kind of the floodgates have been opened with transfer portals and you know with basically a lack of any kind of um uh, what do you call it punishment for leaving right yeah so there's there's no contracts that's that's there's no standard so where there's no standard, it's kind of like there's just lawlessness. Yeah, that, that's how I feel about it. It just seems a little, it just seems a little out of control to me. Um, and you know what? It's like if these kids are in the portal, it's one thing. But now it's like, man, you're just on a team, and you. It's basically the criteria to be contacted is having eligibility remaining and your fair mm-hmm. game in the eyes of. Um, I think I think you want a rule. It's like you can't you can't be reaching out to these kids about. Contingent NIL deals or transfers if they're – hold on. You can't reach out if they're not in the freaking portal. Nobody can reach out. No. A a business can't reach out and say, hey, I want to use your name, image, and likeness. Uh, Yeah, but it can't be contingent on you going to a school. Well, maybe the official contract doesn't say that. Okay, well, that's what's in the official contract. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Unless you see – it's going to be very hard to regulate this. Yeah, N- NIL is not... You're just telling people to be moral. To be moral. Yes. Yeah. Which can't happen. You need no, rules and regulations rule. to well, keep the, people... No, the, rules ali- the rules align with the what I would consider to be the morality, right? Like, if a kid doesn't want to transfer, he's, that's, he doesn't want to transfer. He's not in the portal. If he's in the portal, then okay. Everyone, the coaches hit him up. Everyone follow up, but... 
the idea that anyone just can be approached is is not cool. Yeah. Unless you're a current athlete wanting to make money. No, if you want to make money, go in the portal and roll the dice there. If that's your goal, then then don't you can't have it both ways. Then okay, uh, Mr. Entrepreneurial, get in the portal and and see what happens. But none of this. Oh, what, come here, you get this, get that. I think that's rubbish. Yeah. It also, I mean, in some sense too, I, I don't necessarily like this conversation because a lot of it is speculation and we're getting details through, hey, I heard it from this oh, person yeah. who heard it from that person. So it feels like a game of telephone where it's like, what are we really talking about? Yeah. Right? That's what I want to know. Like, what's the, what's the real issues? Because I think people that are willing to talk about it are those who have been um, on the wrong end of it, right? And so they're going to say, like, oh, this person did that, that person, you know, and there might be truth to it, but then we don't see, we don't have details, we don't have names, we don't have figures, we don't have, you know, the NIL deals and things like that. So in some sense, it's like, what are we really, what are we really talking about? Yeah. And which we'll, maybe we'll find out. And at that point, then we'll see something happen. Um, but I guess that's our job to talk about, talk about the rumors. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I don't think it's rumors if, if, Bentley's coming on here and talking about it, though. You know, that's like mm -hmm. Division One head coach talking about it. Um, yeah. Ben is definitely a big rumor guy. But then again, when Chinzo confirms it, I don't think that's – I think that leaves the the, the rumor portion. Now – Well, it's still, it's still second-handed, right? Yeah, it's still yeah. third. You know, and again, it's from the – it's from the – it's from the person who has the most to lose yeah. from it. So – of course, there's going to be emotion mm -hmm. and things attached to it that could be not not all untruths, but you know maybe just a little bit outside of fact. You know, and I'm not. I'm just saying, it's you're, you're talking from, you're hearing it from somebody who's hearing it from somebody else. Yeah, um, that's heard why it I, from a friend who heard it from a friend. Who, right. That's why I don't love it. Um, okay, let's switch topics here. Fight of your life uh, came out yesterday. Obviously, we had seen it. Uh, would would uh, the feedback was very very positive on, on social media. But curious for for your thoughts. Uh, maybe kick it off, John. My thoughts? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. No, I I mean I thought it was really powerful. Um, I think everybody knows someone either if you're related to them or have a friend or if you've been through yourself who's who's dealt with addiction and how terrible that is. And I thought that um, the the film did a, a wonderful job of kind of shedding a light on that and maybe maybe even stripping away some of like the shame that's attached to to addiction um and and how man it hits it hits every person um so i thought i thought it was really powerful if you haven't if you haven't seen it yet um even my wife uh carrie she was like i really want to watch that and she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't want to watch too many things <laughs> yeah on uh on flow wrestling um and so we, you know, we watched it last night together, and it was it was good. James. Yeah, obviously the opioid epidemic is a huge issue in this country, so it uh, it's good anytime you can bring notice or shine some light on that. And it, it sports are obviously a huge um, factor, a funnel into it. So people, people a lot of times don't think about that or think about athletes struggling with things like addiction, but it, it definitely happens. Yeah, it, it was it, it was so cool that Gregor was so just open about it and talking about it and just 
as someone who watched Gregor most of his career, really from the time he won on, you know, he had the spotlight on him, and I watched watched a ton of it. There's just no, there's just no scenario where I would have thought, okay, this is a guy that's dealing with this currently addicted to to prescription drugs. So it really, um, and just how how wrestling kind of kept him together pretty well, you know, at least to get through some seasons, and then just how the wheels fell off for him afterwards and his whole his whole path down. It was um, it was interesting. I, I thought there were some actually funny parts to it, where like. Just how he ended up at Edinburgh was was hilarious to me. Like he he uh, just wrote down that he was looking at Edinburgh because the person in line in front of him for like some tournament also wrote Edinburgh, and then for him to end up going there and Coach Flynn, Coach Flynn really tells the story really really well also. So it was cool. It's it's obviously not not a fun watch, um, and you know it was awesome to have so many people who had telling really, really personal stories about how it impacted them. So if you haven't checked it out, it's going to be on the site forever. So please, please, <laughs> please do watch it. It's not too late. Uh, okay. Do Where do we want to go at this point? We could start getting into some questions. If we wanted to, if there's some freestyle stuff on the top of y'all's minds, we could get into that. Uh, let's go questions. There's there's a handful of good let's ones. Let's go questions. Okay. Um, just considering RTC, early high school recruiting, why not allow colleges to contact athletes earlier across the board? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what, what the harm would be in, in that. Uh, I also don't know what the benefit would be necessarily from just early, early recruiting. Um, yeah, what what are your thoughts on if if you could contact way earlier? Because they actually did bump it earlier here recently. Like a, you can start talking and then going on visits a year earlier than you than previously possible. Um, I like it where it's at. Your last two years of high school. Um, I think this is kind of like what you're talking about, like a, another regulation to keep recruiting in check. Um. So you don't have coaches out here trying to get middle middle schoolers to <laughs> sign, you know. Um, so I think it's okay where it's at. I, I don't – if you want to bump it up to sophomore year or something, I, I don't see too much harm in that. But I, I think it's also okay where it's at. Yeah. Um, with Spencer Lee back next year, do you think he's a lock for the Hodge? Does he come back dominant like he's been? Or having surgery, do you think he will lose pace a little bit? Well, he's certainly a big favorite for the Hodge Trophy. Double Hodge, Yanni. Ooh, yeah. You can already write it down. Big four-timer. They're going to double Hodge this one. Two four-timers? Yeah. So, you know, he's he's a – I think he's a lock. I mean, the one thing – one thing that will depend on is is what's his schedule going to be. Because if he's got to think it's going to be limited. If he's a second semester only type of situation, and he he goes into Big Tens with six matches and wins Big Tens and NCAs, you know, what if he dominates those, but Yanni wrestles a full season, just less dominant. It's it's hard to with dominance being such a, a focus for the Hodge. You would think that would that Tip would, it in that would for sure because. 
Because if you dominate your way through Big Tens and NCAAs, that's kind of like the ultimate display. Then, you know, okay, you didn't go to the Binghamton Open and get three falls. Yeah, but, I mean, he's been beaten in the regular season. And full times you don't wrestle much of a regular season. Mm-hmm. That could be a uh, – that's an argument for Yanni. True. Yeah, and, and if Yanni ends his career like – And if Yanni goes <laughs> crazy yeah. wrestling at every Open, picks up 30 matches – Hundred and thirty and one. He could he could say <laughs> you know like I, that. yeah, but I wrestled the full season. I put myself out there. Mm-hmm. So thinking about Spencer the criteria, quality of competition is another one. And do we think? Uh, my opinion would be that uh, it would not be a giant advantage for Spencer, but having Vito and Glory in his way would probably give him uh, a little more of a of a nod in I don't that think area. Vito and Glory are that much a step above, like a. Austin Gomez, Bryce Antonian. You don't? Not that much. Vito? I mean, I I would disagree. I think I think Vito. I mean, I know Vito literally lost to Glory um, twice, but I I don't know. My my opinion is that they are. They're, they're... I just don't think it's an enough step up to hardly even come into consideration. Well, if there's seven criteria or whatever, I think. If you have to pick one. Now, maybe we're just in a world where if it's close, just everyone gets two. But uh, I think if you have to pick, I think Spencer right now would have better quality of competition. IMO. Um, but here's the, the second question. Does he – what – are we expecting any regression from Spencer coming off of uh, surgery, double, double knee surgery? It will be a mm-hmm. – uh, on the one hand, he will have two ACLs now. He will have, he will be uh, hopefully at you know full capacity. It's, I would say there's just a likelihood that he looks better than ever. Then there, it's just as likely that he look looks a little worse, as he does looking better than ever, right? So I don't expect him to lose pace. Um, he is, I think he's a freak, in a lot of ways, and. I've been hearing rumor mill his recovery is going really awesome, which is great. And so, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it'll just be a matter of do the surgeries hold? Does he, you know, do the, is the repair thorough? Is he able to be completely, you know, go without having any sort of a setback? That'd be my biggest concern. It's a question for a doctor of which I am not. No, the, we're close. <laughs> um, how would Pat Glory match up with Dayton Fix? This folk style? I guess so. We can, I'm, I'm sure it would two be... Two-part question. I'm sure it would be a close match, but I would pick Dayton nine and a half times out of ten. Okay. At halftime. Uh, that's the match I want to see. Uh, I, I would pick Dayton as well. I think the... The, the top game is interesting just because Glory's so good there. Could he get? Could he challenge Dayton in a way we haven't seen? Because one thing with Dayton is, you know, I can't think of a, an elite top wrestler he's had to go against, right? Off the top of my head, and you'll probably say one. I'll be like, oh yeah, because like I don't think he ever hit Gross um, at any point. He was obviously like the gold standard top wrestler at thirty three, but I don't know. I don't think they ever hit. Um, you know, Roman primarily neutral. Austin, primarily a neutral guy. Um, maybe did he hit Lezak once? Even uh, I think he maybe he wrestled him. He did. He won six to one. Six to one. 
So that would be an example of a really good top guy. So I would still favor Dayton, but I think it's close. I think Glory's getting better. And the thing with Lee Zach is like you never really knew what you're going to get with that guy. Um, so I don't know. In freestyle, obviously, uh, I think we know how that goes. Mm-hmm. There is a chance we could see this match. Glory, notoriously big for 125. I think there's been talks about him possibly. Notorious B.I.G. Yes, literally. <laughs> uh, there's been talks about him possibly moving up. And with the return of Spencer, it's maybe not the worst idea. Man, I don't know. I feel like he wants a Spencer match. I think he does too, but... Yeah, I don't know. He's so big, though. My gosh. At some point. Both him and Vito. Very big for 125. What if they both move up? Spencer has nobody at 125. Oh, my gosh. Well, then he's going to kill everybody. (laughs) Who's going to? Depending on how he looks and if he can stay healthy. I mean, he he beat Courtney pretty soundly with no no ACLs. Pretty soundly. I think it was a regular decision, wasn't it? It It was regular. Yeah. Obviously, he did it at... NCAA championships two years ago, but yeah. I, I have my worries about Spencer staying healthy, even oh, post surgery. Wow. Okay, I'm just saying the man the man has not been healthy in the past however many years. Yeah, it, it is worrisome. Worrisome, I agree. Does Bo Bartlett AA next year? <laughs> this, this question's for you, Christian. You already know the answer. <laughs> yes, he's going to AA next year. He really is, and I did not predict him to AA this year. At least. Going into NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some maybe old tape. Who knows what I said then? Um, do you, what, you put it on wax, J.D. Are we assuming he goes 141 pounds? That is, uh, yes, we must assume that. Wow, that's a big hit for uh, for Yanni's Hodge argument. <laughs> you know what? strength of competition. <laughs> you know what? One of these days I'm going to... Um, I don't have my revenge. Yeah, I think he probably does. Oh, wow. I think he sneaks on there. They're coming around. No. The movement has started. <laughs> Let's go. John Kozak. It's not going to be easy. I mean, Alan Hart's number eight right now in the way too early preseason rankings at 141. Sign me up for that match. Yeah. <sighs> I said. No, sign me up for 20 seconds of that match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I say I say there's a good chance. Wow, maybe maybe the animus. Maybe 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 sixty percent. So that's a lock. Three locks. <laughs> lock it in. Bo Bartlett on the podium. Where on the podium? In the upper quadrants, potentially, possibly. Mm, I'm saying five through eight. Five through eight. Well, we'll see. Which true freshman slash redshirt freshman will have a breakout season next year? Hmm. Mm. Is Carter Young going to break out next year, or is he going to stay on the same trajectories this year? I don't know. I would love to see it. I, pardon me, wonders if he's a 33. Um, I think he would be a little better suited there, but maybe he puts on some size. He's rangy, though. Um, I mean, I want to see Patty very badly. I really want to – I mean, Feldman is someone I could see just being yeah, they, a nightmare. They got a decision to make. Because they do have Orndorff there, possibly for another year. Yeah. Does, I mean, uh, does Swiderski go right away? Yeah. Dude. He'll go right away, I would assume. Oh, my gosh. He's he looks, so good. It's like the real deal. 49, and him at 49, it's going to help Yanni's Hodgecase. <laughs> um, I would assume he'd be a 41. I know, but mm, yeah, maybe so. He's, when I, 
when I interviewed him to channel my inner nomad and st stood next to him, that is a big that is a big kid. He's not small. Um, if Levi Haynes goes right away, I'm sure he'll be very good as he beat Patty. Yeah, I think you'll if if he goes, they're like, okay, he's ready. He's ready to contend right away. And, and you know, 57, if Carr moves up, is very. I mean, Monday will still be there, but it's like Monday and Luan, and you know, there's. And, and you know, Monday this year lost to Ed Scott, who didn't play. So it's a, I would say, a pretty wide open weight class. So keep your eye on 57, especially if David Carr moves up. Ohio State could have a couple <clears throat> big names coming through with Mendez, Busakis, and Feldman. Now, <clears throat> do those guys all go Daddy. right away? I was yeah. talking about true freshmen. Right. So I, don't have a I think I think they use a lot of them. It is it's interesting now with Mendez, like I mean, I think I mentioned it yesterday. Is he at forty one? Would he go thirty three and then make Buzakis redshirt? Or did they battle it out for the spot and the loser redshirts or goes up? I don't know. And also they have D'Amelio who's gonna start the year in the top ten just by attrition and, and people leaving the weight. Um so I, I think some decisions I don't. I don't think they have to make a lot of those decisions right now, um, and, and you know those guys aren't even on campus yet. So really, they, I feel like they have a decision at almost every weight where those guys are are considered. Yeah, I did the uh, the way too early lineup look for Ohio State yesterday. It's on the website now, but they're gonna have a, a decent team after a somewhat down year because they re possibly could return a good chunk of their of their higher placers and they bring in those guys at weights where maybe they had some struggles. True. Yeah. We didn't talk about Patrick Kennedy or uh Facundo either. Facundo one sixty five. Um he's gonna definitely gonna have to improve upon mm -hmm. what he looked like as a red shirt. Uh but uh, that could obviously happen, but based upon his red shirt year, he was not quite on the level to really make a huge impact. Yeah. And 165 is just like almost everybody comes back and if you insert David Carr there too. Right. Yeah, and so with uh and you said Kennedy, right? Mhm. Mm uh, so with him, you know, he's been in Iowa 2 years, lost to Formato of App State. He's going to have to make some some pretty decent jumps to to get to the the, you know, even all American status, I think it's possible for him. I think he's really good, but I think if I think if Patrick Kennedy wasn't going to uh, such a great program, I think we'd be a little like, okay, maybe may a year or two. Mm -hmm. But he's going to Iowa, so expectations are going to be sky high for this guy. Yep. Um, Shane Van Ness. Oh yeah. Pop off. Mm -hmm. He's he a guy who we didn't even see really mm -hmm. in Richard. I think he just wrestled two, like two, two matches. matches at the Clarion. Yeah, and it was two pins or or something like that. Two people like, I hadn't really heard of, but he's a guy who we were all super super high on coming out of high school. I think he's a savage. I think he's gonna do. He's gonna do really well. But then again, you you need to see more, right? At this point, he hasn't had didn't have a very busy redshirt year. So that's a little concerning. If Richie Figs could figure out the whole Brandon Courtney. Kale McGee thing, uh, I think he, he would be an impact player at 125 for sure, but I uh, 
Is he going to sit? Is, do you think Richie Figueroa is going to sit a year? Hey, if, if I'm poaching people, I'm maybe making some calls to Tempe. Yeah. Proxy JD. Proxy JD. Hmm. I'm, I'm just saying that's a scenario where you could maybe get a guy that doesn't want to sit on the bench for a year. And he has ties to an NCAA powerhouse. So you're technically a booster at this point. Basically. Booster JD. Richie Figueroa, have you ever been to the Sandhill Crane Capital of the World, Kearney, Nebraska? <laughs> the Sandhill? Sandhill Crane Capital of the World. Sandhill Crane. Sandhill Crane. Okay. It's so, a bird. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> got it. Okay. Get I'm, with it. I'm trying. Go nature one time for me. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't been bird watching in years. All right. Hey, well, let's get the heck out of here. It's the It's the freaking weekend. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. Bitcoin Ben will be back next Tuesday, I guess. I think. Probably. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great week. There's the... Wow. There it is. What's it called? Sandhill Crane. Sandhill Crane. Just Tell me one cool thing. Is it big? It looks kind of big. It's not that big. But they, they migrate in an hourglass shape. And Carney is the middle point of that hourglass. So... At several times throughout the year, there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of these bird in Kearney, Nebraska. Wow. People travel from all over. It's a very big deal. It's a very big deal. It's such a big deal that no one even knew this bird existed until the Many show. people know this bird exists. <laughs> all right. Go, go look at some cranes. Shout out to the Lopers and RTC South and all those schools not poaching John Miller. See you later, guys. Goodbye.